Coming to you after a much-needed break away from the podcast microphones. It's the Sons of Honarchy Boys. Uh, you can find me. I'm Steve-O. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at DrunkShySoxFan. And here's Hot Take Tommy on this episode. <laughs> As always. Of the Sons of Honarchy podcast. We are going to be talking about uh, what the fuck happened since we last recorded. Um, and all this has been brought to you by just us. So please rate, subscribe, review, all that jazz. Because you know we're your favorite four-star podcast. You're damn. And we are at right. least a four-star podcast, unlike those... <laughs> fools myself and carrie <laughs> over at believe in the south side um hey yo, wow. never 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 think down on four stars ever again baby that's right <laughs> you gotta work for these these marks uh, that's right honestly honestly i was like damn we're not you know 4.9 rated we're not 4.8 we're 4.1 at best and <laughs> and hey know, i'm happy right there a hey, 4.1 stars means we can take four weeks of break is what that means <laughs> yes exactly we have not recorded in an entire month uh the last time we came out with an episode it was actually an evergreen episode right Tom? yes true. where we talked where we talked the week before and then dropped it uh yeah. like five days later um but literally, we have not come out with an episode in over a month. So yeah. how the hell are you doing, Tom? You know, I'm alive. Um, I <laughs> Let's talk about that basement of yours. My God, dude. That is uh, that is one place I am not recording this podcast in right now. Um, guys, if you've ever had your basement flooded, it sucks. <laughs> like, okay, so this is, this is actually pretty fun. If, if you get eight inches of standing water in your basement, you're going <laughs> to have a bad time. <laughs> that is that is actually true i can't attest uh this the best part about this was it was it was a rainy rainy sunday whatever it was a few weeks back and steve was literally like he had just walked in the door to record the sons of honarchy and i was like oh this is gonna be a great sunday let's go ha ha steve came in he got rained on what a loser um, and I, you know, we're making... literally, do you remember the towel? <laughs> yes. The towel, which, why did you, it's fine. You, you I left the, win- I left the window cracked in my car the night before. You so idiot. You didn't my tell car me that seat was like half soaked. That's why I had the towel. <laughs> it just ended up being multi-purpose because by the time I got to your place, it was literally raining sideways yes it was not great um and you come in and i'm like this guy barely survived the the car ride over here i'm sure um and then we are chatting it's totally fine we're having a good time cup of coffee about to record my wife comes out says good morning we uh you know just chatting whatever and our neighbor just starts pounding on our window and is like check your fucking basement this is crazy right now and i was like what are you talking about i was down in the basement right before steve walked in and then i looked down the stairs and there's eight inches of water just chilling just vibing um (laughs) just ruining my life (laughs) so we like i like freeze and start thinking like well this is the worst and then Kichi looks at me and is like, oh, my God, we have an animal down there. Uh, my sister-in-law's bunny is like somewhere in this eight inches of water. So we, we we sprint down. Steve, I have no idea what you were thinking at that point. You were just like head and hands like, guess we're not recording today. <laughs> I, I mean, that cr- that did cross my mind. But at one point, I was like, I'm just going to stand out of the way because I don't want to cause more damage. <laughs> yes, Steve, you, you should have brought your towel down. First of all, we could have. It would have helped, man. It that. really would have stopped up that water. <laughs> but we sprint down. My my wife ends up actually like swimming through this sewage water to get the bunny out of the fucking mess that was down there because she the bunny was floating on a piece of cardboard under my sister-in-law's bed this is like dead ass bro and so she like swims under the bed knocks her out not (laughs) knocks her out of the bed it's out from under the bed i'm sorry i'm making it sound like she just clocked the bunny no 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 she she pushed the bunny out from under the bed 
grabs the bunny. Bunny scratches the shit out of her because <laughs> it's not it has no idea why it's like i was floating on this cardboard i was fine you didn't have to pick me up um and then we get that up then we're like oh shit there's like a ten thousand dollar harp also my sister-in-law's just sitting in the basement it's not ten thousand dollars i've been i've been told but uh it, it's been it's apparently worth more than that anyway so we get that upstairs we bring that upstairs steve and i are trying to carry it we like carry it the wrong way because we're panicking and like we can't <laughs> clear the like top of the stairs or whatever we're having issues we get that out though and then we're like all right well everything's terrible steve steve and i are just walking through like sewage water trying to figure out what the hell to do next um and then the water goes away it the drains just start working actually you were down there when that happened right yep, you were like yep. we were just standing there and it was like the water's going down it's like oh the water's going down finally yeah the water's going down very fast actually yes whereas like i feel like everybody else that i've talked to that have had like crazy fucking flooding stories they were like yeah and then the water was there for like eight hours or whatever it's like right. our the water came in like in what 30 minutes and was gone an hour and a half later it yep. was just like a big fuck you <laughs> like no reason for this but fuck you uh is what it felt like <laughs> um and uh right now we've got drywall um in our basement that is going to be installed on monday that was uh what was that you know i think that was the 8th that that happened wasn't it the 8th of september that's what it, i think so i think no so way. was yeah. it really that long ago it's been it's been a full ass month bro that's of, insane of just not having a basement because oh yeah because they like demoed and shit and like took the carpets out and like took right. some drywall out like whole ass nine yards most like if you've lived in the midwest you've probably either had your basement flooded or know somebody whose basement flooded or something so like the process is a whole ass thing guys like it is not fun um <laughs> well steve lives on the second floor so he's good uh yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely no issues here <laughs> just chilling um, out here <laughs> yeah but you've got nothing going on in your life anyway right steve no not at all you know getting married in how many days Six? six six days baby my god that's crazy to think about don't um, forget but that <laughs> hella excited it's a lot more exciting than um clearing water out of your basement um and and trying to save what could be saved in your basement uh it was se september 11th when it happened i just looked it up oh okay um, so 9 11 uh, never yep. forget oh that's never, right never we forget bro that's so um, bad we made that joke the day of that's terrible jeez <laughs> Uh, well, you yeah, were there, and you're king of the. Never mind. All right, yes, continue. I am. I am king of the the bad jokes. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, just uh, definitely an unfortunate situation for you, and it's definitely put a damper on our regular oh, recording damper? schedule. Really, Steve? No, no pun yeah, intended. Fuck you, man. That's terrible. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I promise, no pun intended, man. <laughs> That's it's like yesterday i was joking around with uh oh for, former uh former co-host or, or uh, guests of the podcast uh adam westendorf ryan ferrucci um, but but i said uh we were talking about how great of an athlete michael vick was and uh i said he had that dog in him no pun intended oh my god steve <laughs> come on bro <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been recording now for a solid nine plus minutes. Let's yep. uh let, let's talk about White Sox baseball. Why, Tom? Because we're a White Sox baseball podcast. We are yeah. the White Sox talk podcast. <laughs> Fuck uh, you, speaking Chuck. of White Sox talk, um <laughs> the the rest of the division showing up. Their little oh my uh, God. their their little meme at the beginning of the year. Uh, <laughs> us waiting for the rest of the division to show up. Um well, I just Minnesota kind of showed up for a minute. We yep. knew Kansas City and Detroit were going to be garbage. Yep. Guess who? Guess who came in? And the goddamn Guardians. The goddamn Guardians. Guardians. First year of Cleveland. Yeah. No Cleveland. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say. Hey, they aren't Detroit. We're not Detroit. Um, but honestly, in their inaugural year as a Guardian, right? So there's kind of like some history to that. That's, you know, 
fuck them. I don't care. I <laughs> I was trying to be like positive on their sakes, but I I actually hate Cleveland and their sports teams. Here's the like, statue so of much, Moses dude. Cleveland. <laughs> it, he like it is the worst sports city with the worst sports fans and the no, worst. It's, it's not. No, bro. Like everything I've heard about their fans right now are like, oh, this team's whatever. We're not actually excited about it because like all these people are going to get either traded away or won't be signed long term anyway. So like, I can't even that's... be mad. at. Here's the thing is I can't even be mad at Cleveland. I can't be mad at their fan base and I can't be mad at their social media department for absolutely trolling the White Sox. Um, I, I have can't even to be, be mad, mad about their social uh, media team for, but continue. Oh, did they yeah. do something? I, I'm not aware they, of that. They did something very insensitive. Continue. Continue on your I, rant. Okay. We'll um, maybe, maybe we can give you a Minoso minute. Talk about that. <laughs> um, all, all that being said, I I can't even be mad um, because the White Sox did this to themselves. Absolutely. They absolutely did this to themselves. <laughs> they were projected everywhere across the board. They were going to win this division. Jeff everybody Passman had them in the World Series. Everybody who follows the sport was like the White Sox are going to win this division. People who casually followed the sport said the White Sox were going to win this division. And it wasn't going to be particularly close. Right. And what did the White Sox do? They completely self-imploded. Okay. And mind you, they had plenty of cold streaks along the way. But since the last time we recorded in person, or yeah, or pardon me, the last time we did a live episode or we actually sat down and, and did an episode together. Yeah. We were hanging on by a thread and, and there was still a glimmer of hope, Tom. And right yeah. now it's it, obviously it's gone, right? The White Sox are eliminated from playoff contention. Are, are, are you, are you happy about this? Are you sad about this? Well, what are your, what are your thoughts? Obviously you want the White Sox to make the playoffs, but yeah. Yeah. So it's you phrased it well there, where it's like, am I happy about this? And it's like, I'm not happy that the White Sox did so shittily. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I I feel like this was the only way that we could get rid of Tony LaRusso. This is the only way that there could be a like kind of call to arms moment in the offseason where it's like, look, this they they walked into this season. Like you were saying, everybody and everybody's mom was saying White Sox, AL Central, champs, book it, you know. And the problem is that that mindset, whatever, in my opinion, mind you, in my opinion, that mindset permeated into the clubhouse where it's like the team to a man thought that they were going to win the division no matter what they did. And so they just walked into the season and started resting guys in fucking April. Think about that. Like you, you guys all remember that where it's like, yes, there was a couple of injuries out the gate, but we started doing like Tony's Sunday special lineups every fucking day in April. That that's the start of the fucking season. You can't start resting your guys. Like you're anyway, bad vibes, bad fucking vibes. From the jump, we were in third place basically the entire season. We're not, we're like, like this is the most. Well, now they're in second. Congratulations, right? Oh, way to go, way to go out over the twins with like the shittiest fucking. That that's talk about bad vibes for a season. Twins have terrible vibes out. Like, right? I mean, uh, yeah, and at least the White Sox didn't do what the Twins did, right? And go go all completely self-implode. Um, he, here's the thing. Okay, the the White Sox are now 11, and now they're playing for nothing, right? I mean, Cleveland's not really playing for anything either, are they? Yeah, they got I mean, their they're shot. not even playing for. No, I mean, they they can't. Set in. They're yeah, the they can't get uh yeah they cannot get higher than the spot that they're in. They cannot get lower than the spot that they're in as far as tournament seating. Right. Both teams are playing for nothing right now. Cleveland's eight and two in their last ten. The White Sox are two and eight. Yep. That should tell you everything right there. The White Sox are about to lose this division by double digits. Yeah. And, and everybody from the top down, from the top going down, needs to be held accountable. Yeah. Where do you want to point the finger first, Tom? 
So, I mean, Tony Russo is who I want to point the finger at first because he was making the decisions in the clubhouse on a daily basis. And I like <clears throat> what what I really want to do though is is zoom out for a second and realize that this it's a cultural issue, right? This yeah. is this is from like signing guys and I don't have an issue with this generally speaking, but it is one of the symptoms of a deeper issue is you you collected all this talent, you signed everybody before they did anything, you know, to long-term contracts, at least the core, and then you go out and spend big on bullpen pieces because apparently you have everything else locked up and everything's fine. And then you don't supplement any of these, you know, talented guys, these players with coaching development. And you just say like, you're already good. You're are. And you're, that's the problem is that you've signed them to the, that deal. You're telling them that they're good. You, you haven't coached them because they're apparently like, it's it's almost like they've been told their whole time while being White Sox that, you know, they're going to be throwing a parade in a couple of years. So all you have to do is show up. And that's and that's part of the rhetoric that Rickon had. Right. Like he's like, talk to me after the parade. It's like, well, you haven't done shit to earn a parade yet. So why why are you even having that conversation? So there's no earn it mentality. It's almost like they they all like. And I'm telling you, like, this is the cultural thing of the White Sox, yeah. that there was like it, it was going to it was an inheritance almost like the AL Central. You know, Cleveland was doing great in the AL Central, but they're kind of selling off. So the White Sox are going to win the division now. That's just what's going to happen. And there was no like real they acquired talent. Yes. But there was nothing else structurally changed about the White Sox to support the growth of the actual franchise and like you know you've got people that are in positions that have been there for 20 years like you know kenny williams and there's nothing wrong with doing that if there's change and turnover in terms of the rest of the developmental staff and and coaching and and scouting and all that shit but nothing's changed in this this organization they're they're still like one of the bottom farm systems after they graduated their top heavy farm that they acquired from other teams that they didn't coach up. And then they they fired Ricky Renteria, who was a developmental focused guy, mind you, had his issues with, you know, what he thought about analytics. They fired him and they brought in a guy from 1980. And it's like that's it was supposed to be like the cherry on top. It's like, look, th these guys need a fucking coach who can show them that they don't know shit and they haven't earned shit. So, they, but they walk in like they're going to win hands down. Mind you, if you think about it, like they were AL Central champs in 2021, but not by a lot. They weren't like, they weren't these world beaters. They were getting clocked by any team over 500. And the White Sox did win the division by 13 games last year. But the 13 but, games. Fair. But the rhetoric the whole way through was like, what did they, who did they beat, win against? They lost like all of two games against Detroit that season. They lost like, they, they were kicking the shit out of whoever the, you know, NL teams that we were facing were. But like the, all the games against the top, the cream of the crop and the AL, like the Yankees fucking trounced us except for one fucking game basically where it was the field of dreams game but like there was a cloud of this team can't be the teams that matter from last year and then there was nothing really done to address that and apparently nobody talked about it they were just like okay well let's run it back and there was no changes except for adding joe kelly <laughs> like well joe kelly kendall graveman and and, and then Josh eventually Harrison. aj aj pollock right and, and those were your big pieces right those aren't leary garcia those, those aren't big enough yes exactly right the leary garcia contract so you, you want to talk about culture tom you want i'll make that brief because i think everybody knows and i i know that's not something you can measure in analytics and statistics right mm -hmm. But let me talk about a team last year that went 53 and 28 at home, 
Okay, 53 and 28. It's fucking incredible, right? That's really good. Yeah. Now we're talking about a team this year that is 35 and 43 at home. They mm-hmm. have a better away record than home record. Okay. It shouldn't be a thing in baseball. I mean, I, I, at least from a team that's this talented, right? This is a team that should be winning a lot more games at home. I, I, it, the culture uh, uh, and the idea that you can just walk into a season and you can just put everything on the back burner until mm-hmm. October. That's mm-hmm. just not how this works. Okay. Yeah. And ultimately when the team had their backs up against the wall, they, they failed, mi- they failed miserably Yep. and they gave up easily. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So they lost talk that about first culture? game. They lost that first game in Cleveland, and they had basically already been. Or they lost that first game to Cleveland. That home stretch, that home series, that Correct. was like the Correct. nut up or shut up time. They lost that first game, and it was just like they might as well have already been swept. And then they got swept. Right. It was. It was. Yeah. It I was mean, actually. It you want to run? You want to run that back to Tuesday, September twentieth, <laughs> right? That game yeah. that goes. They 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 go to extra innings, right? Mm-hmm. And and mind you. The White Sox, they screwed up late. I mean, they were up 3-1 early. They gave up two runs in the Mm -hmm. seventh, and they got lucky. They should have given up three runs. That was the game where uh, somebody got nailed at the plate by Elvis Andrews, but they were safe. Um, But Cleveland had already used their review. Um, And then they just got absolutely smoked in extra innings. And now that leads me. To my second point, Tom, you're a Rick Hahn stan. Mm-hmm. This dude spent all of his money on the bullpen. A yeah. bullpen that I know as of, I think it was this upcoming, this past series that started in San Diego, they mm-hmm. were ranked 20th in ERA. A yeah. bullpen that ranked 20th in ERA. A bullpen and... that is supposed to be top notch. A bullpen that is supposed to be the best part of your team. Yeah. Why yeah. are you depending on a bullpen? Who who depends on a bullpen? The 2014-2015 Royals. Why are we basing ourselves <clears throat> off of that model? Well, fucking those are the guys who were kicking the shit out of Rick Hahn when he first came over. You know, it's I I honestly, you know, it's it's we joke about, you know, oh, he signed Nomar Mazzara because he hit a 500 foot bomb off of, you know, White Sox pitching in, in whatever year that was, 2018. Yeah. But this is the kind of shit that Rick Hahn does, you know. Think about who, the Joe Kelly signing. That's exact that's the exact kind of signing that Joe Kelly was. Oh, well, this guy this guy can at his peak touch 101, which he can't anymore. And then on top of that, had the injury problems. Well, I was more saying like Rick Hahn, what he does is he's like, who does good against the White Sox? That's who I need. That's the Kendall Graveman signing. He was the best reliever on the Astros when they kicked the shit out of us. He went and signed him in the offseason. Um, Liam Hendricks, after we, he literally almost single-handedly kicked us out of the 2020 playoffs, he went and signed him in the, in the offseason, the 2020-2021 offseason. He, he just, and, and with what we're saying, like, why is he spending so much on the bullpen? What he learned from watching the 2014-2015 Royals is that bullpens are good. Um, and so he just went and spent on the me- most bullpen pieces he can get. He's he's It's a copycat league, but he's copycatting the wrong fucking shit. And he's not watching what the rest of the league is doing. He's just watching what happens to his own club. It's... It's it's a failing of not enough voices, right? It's one of those like you you talk about you know the Dodgers and how they've had their success. It's because they spend out their ass on a developmental department, on a scouting department, on like the they they have more scouts than any team in the league by a lot. They've got more analytical staff than the anybody White Sox in the have league. The least the White Sox have the least number like full time mm-hmm. staff, full time equivalent staff in their analytics department in the entire major leagues Mm -hmm. that should tell you everything you need to know about the white Sox failing to acquire good talent or when they acquire good talent, they can't develop them Mm -hmm. or they cannot coach them in the proper manner. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a top down kind of a, 
ranking or whatever in, in the White Sox. There's there's not enough voices and there's not enough people who are able to speak up because they're just they don't exist. The people that you'd need to provide a second opinion, they they don't have positions for that. It's it is it's an ultimate failing of 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 what an organization should be. And I've said it before, you know, like the, there's no excuse as part of the AL Central to have a team that's poorly constructed or a, an organization that's poorly constructed. If you were spending 160 per year, 160 million on payroll per year, you should be able to win this division year after year after year after year. You're in a division with all mid-market teams. It's Minneapolis, it's Kansas City, it's Cleveland, and it's Detroit. Like None I said of, before, like I've said on the show before, there's zero reason why they shouldn't be able to compete for a division every single year. Every single year. Every single year. We're the only team in this division with a large market and a big backing. Like th- th- there's just it shouldn't be an issue. But because of the entire organization being kind of, you know, poorly constructed, we have issues. And it's then fair. It's mm-hmm. a lack of care is mm-hmm. what it is. Okay. And that starts with ownership. Okay. As much as Steve Cohen gets shit for everything that he says and everything that he does as the owner yeah. of the Mets, I would take that attitude eight days a week. That's but this over is the Jerry Ryan story. The thing that I have with that, like kind of like a grass is greener on the other side mentality, is that that's not. I don't want to have to rely on some like multi multi billionaire to come in and and buy our team and save us. Like that's the most like you know throw your hands up and and give up kind of a attitude where it's like what are things that you could actually see happening that would help? Like that's that is a pipe dream and a pipe dream and a pipe dream what's something that could help though is if if you look at this season and you see rick Hahn has assessed what happened what was what were the issues well tony did a bad job instilling a winning culture in the team well he's gonna leave okay so what do we do let's clean house and in all the departments except for ethan katz and get new coaches in here that will have the message you guys haven't earned shit Let's show the let's show everybody what's going on, and you can enter next season, add in you know a, a couple band aids with some veterans or something. Uh, second at right field, I don't actually care let, about. Let me go base. there. Let me go there in regard to adding veterans. Right, the White Sox have had multiple opportunities since their window, quote unquote, opened mm-hmm. at the end of the 2019 season to step in. And sign these kinds of guys. And Rick Hahn has failed to do so. So who's can we hold Rick Hahn accountable as well? Trust me. I know that in my culture thing, that starts with Jerry, right? But Rick Hahn was given the money. I cannot put this season on Rick right. Hahn or on, on Jerry Reinsdorf. Right. Because Agreed. Rick Hahn was given, given the money to spend, and it was spent awfully. Well, it should have been spent on development, you know, like, like the, you're the getting fact, your ass the handed to you by Richard Garcia. Rookie. The fact that Larry Garcia is getting that money over Jock Peterson is ridiculous. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I my point being that there there is a opportunity. We're having a funeral for the White Sox right now. And we're, we're you know, we're talking about how how shitty they were, how shitty they are and how shitty they'll probably continue to be. But there is a chance that they could be very good next year. It, it would, Absolutely. it would, it would take you know a couple smart moves in the offseason. I would say one of those should be bringing back Jose Abreu because if one person was you know a work first mentality, it's Jose Abreu. So he should be back. He's earned the right to win in this uniform. Uniform. So he should be he should be back, and you should bring out a right fielder. I. Don't care about second base. I've always not cared about second base that much. It's like there, there's just not that many people on the market that could actually fill a hole at second base effectively to a, to an all star caliber. That's just not. They don't grow on trees. Second base men are all failed shortstops, just like relief pitchers are all failed starting pitchers. You know, 
So go out, get yourself a right fielder, sign Jose Abreu back, and let's fucking go. And clean house in the coaching department. There, I, that That's the most important thing in my mind is that you need to have somebody who's from outside the organization that will come in and be able to point fingers and say like, you're shitty, you're shitty, and you're shitty. And until you prove otherwise, you're not going to play. You know? And and th- like instill an attitude of you haven't earned shit. That's what I think I mean, is our best hope. I, I know you're going to hate to hear this. I, I don't know if they should re-sign Jose Abreu. And I know he had a great season. Don't get me wrong. He's the second okay. most hits in the American League. So please, do tell me why this is a bad idea. Power numbers are down. I'll tell you that much. Um, yes, and but that was an or that, that was a be, philosophy. That was a philosophy that was given to him, and he implemented it. He listened to the coaching staff and did the absolute best he could have done. Using so the you, philosophy. are you worried about Andrew Vaughn's development, and are are you worried about the amount of guys who are first basemen uh, originally on this team? I am worried about that, but that doesn't mean you don't get the best player available. Jose Bray is the best player available. Well, Jose the best, is the the best player available baseball. is 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 Trey Turner, actually. But that's fine. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I'm being frank here, right? But I'm saying first baseman. Who is the best first baseman on the market? He is the best. Is he first on baseman. your team, or is he a free agent? He's a free agent, and his name is Jose Abreu. You go out, you sign the best first baseman that you can get for your first base, and then you make it work in other positions. This. Oh, we need to make sure that Andrew Vaughn's development isn't blocked. That's some rebuild ass mindset. What he can do is what he's been doing. You know, there's there's other positions on the field. There's a DH option there. Don't go your, sign. Your that. window is now, though. Like, right? Yes, that's it, why I'm it, telling you. You okay, got to so sign. If your window is now, where the fuck are you gonna put Andrew Vaughn? DH, bro. There, there's nine positions on the field. So then that forces your hand to have Aloy play left field every single day. Is is he healthy? I don't have an issue with that. I don't have an issue with that. I absolutely do. Especially if you're not going to supplement right field. Yeah. And if you're talking about health, Steve, there are so many times during this season that you had to plug holes, right? Aloy is made of glass. Okay. You're going to stick him out in left field. I am not talking about Aloy. I'm talking about where are we going to play Andrew Vaughn? There are. Injuries that are going to happen. If Andrew Vaughn can't find the field during any of those injuries, like playing left field by chance, playing right field by chance, he's not great out there, but fuck it, man. You know, like I'm not going to not sign the best first man available, first baseman available because Andrew Vaughn's good. I know that Jose Abreu is the best first baseman available. I want him on the team. This goes back to the same exact point that we had talked about. The money needs to be spent elsewhere. The I'm money not needs telling to be you spent I, elsewhere. I'm not saying that you should spend it on. The other thing to consider is that you could most likely get a team friendly deal for Jose Abreu. If you can get a team friendly deal done for the best first baseman on the market, you do it. That is smart money. Now you still need a right fielder very badly. Yeah, that's I mean, that's what, what are you number, gonna do? You gonna sign, sign Joey Gallo, Brandon Nimmo, Mitch Haniger? What do you want to do? I've already told you that I want Joey Gallo on this team. That's a great spend. That is a great idea. His his power with you know his glove, he's got a really good glove. Everybody forgets that he's actually a yeah. great outfielder. We mm-hmm. need that. And you know, we'll take his occasional pop. Plus, lefty power bats play really well at guaranteed rate. He could probably get him at a discount. Probably, he's shown that he can actually put the bat on the ball still when he's as he's been a Dodger. Bring him over here, see what you can do, implement a new fucking coaching staff, and then have him play to his powers. Have him play to his strengths. Swing that power bat. All right. Well. And that's just... that again would be smart money. That is smart money. You know, you buy a guy who's, you know, buy a little low. But this the other thing that I think about is that with this is like, let's not just get one fucking guy. Why don't we get him and Jock Peterson? You know, there there's plenty of, you know, outfielders 
that we could put on this roster, we don't really need to see Adam Angle anymore. I we mean, I agree. Adam Angle and Leary are that's redundant. Those two guys are redundant. They're utility outfielders that you know. I, I guess you know you have a utility infielder and a utility outfielder. I mean, Leary can be the guy that's you put on in late innings to steal a bag or something like he he's not great but you already fucking paid for him so you have to use him so it's redundant to have you know this fourth outfielder adam angle bullshit where you know you just need a guy who's you can keep on the major league roster that's actually worth having on the roster and don't stop with one outfield signing you know this gavin sheets bullshit if you sign joey gallo Gavin Sheets is not important anymore. So you can just put him down in the minors. Like, and then if some if something happens, bring him up. I don't know how many options he has left. But who gives uh, a shit? Yeah. It's your win your windows now. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. Uh, and the fact that once again, I'm gonna dump a little bit on of this on Rick Hahn. The fact that you, you're paying over $5 million a year for a guy who is a negative one war player and you haven't cut your losses yet. What the hell are we doing with Larry mm-hmm. Garcia? That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Okay. Adam Engel yeah. is barely scratching replacement level. What what the hell are we doing? And he's not getting playtime that, either. That's, that, that's, the, that's the poverty mindset, in my opinion, right? Mm-hmm. Is we're going to keep around these, if any, at best replacement level guys. Guys who aren't are barely scratching replacement level. Yep. And, and well, with Adam Engel, and then guys who are literally below worth an entire loss, yeah. worth an entire loss on, on, on baseball reference war with Larry Garcia. It's just, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm frustrated about it. Now, we, we can talk till we're blue in the face about free agents and, and what the White Sox should do because, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's tough too because you got money wrapped up into guys um, that, Aren't producing. Aren't producing. Yasmani Grandal contract is looking really bad right now. Obviously, the Dallas Keuchel contract, terrible. Uh, Uh, The the AJ Pollock (laughs) deal right now is not looking fantastic. Um, So I don't know. uh, That's an inherited deal, mind you. They traded for it, but still. Right. Right. But then a $10 million option for this upcoming year. Right. Are you going to cut your losses or are you going to resign him? And if you resign him, he better not start every day. He was never an everyday starter. That he hasn't I, been an I, everyday starter since 2015. Look, you know what's hilarious, Steve, is that the beginning of the season, I told I you wanted, that. I, I wanted him to figure it out. And hey, at least he stayed healthy. I got to give him. He stayed healthy. At least he stayed healthy. But my sure. God. Sure. The he, offensive he's production just, was just way too inconsistent. And I fucking told you so. <laughs> so once again. You were we like, talk- he's going to be a 127 WRC plus. And I was like, he's not. Or what the fuck is it? The or one, OPS plus. Either That's way, the one I was other. thinking of. But it, um. And he just, yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to take that that moment to say I told you so. We can talk to, thanks, good, of course. (laughs) We can talk to we're blue in the face about free agents and who the White Sox should sign. I don't know if the money is going to be spent elsewhere, you know, Mm -hmm. and I don't know who who their top priorities are. I mean, right now, you're right. An outfielder should absolutely be a top priority because one A. Number one, the the amount of of injuries we've had and Aloy being in left is just mm-hmm. a disaster waiting to happen. Andrew mm-hmm. Vaughn playing right is just absolutely atrocious, mm-hmm. and he's literally the worst defensive outfielder in the league, mm-hmm. um, as he should be because he's the first baseman. Um, mm-hmm. hasn't played outfield since Little League, so mm-hmm. he's played a lot now, but he's still bad. So right, right. Oh, now, who's the fucking outfield coach? Love Debo, but he hasn't done a good job. Well, yeah, and and you got a clean house as well, mm-hmm. right? So it starts obviously with our manager, who, per Dan Bernstein earlier in the week, yep. uh, per now Bob Nightingale, mm-hmm. as of today, mm-hmm. um, the White Sox and Tony Larusa are going to part ways. Um, mm-hmm. Thank God. Um, overdue. Long it's the overdue. only thing that I'm hanging my hat on this off season, and honestly, I think. Uh, kudos to season ticket holders and kudos to the, the people who have said, you know, if Tony LaRusso comes back, I'm not renewing my season ticket package. Or if Tony right. LaRusso comes back, I'm not spending a dollar in the ballpark. Because right. the, the hand has finally been been forced. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Tom, go to the board here. See who's available. Who do you like? Who do you think the White Sox are going to go get as their future manager? 
Well, I know who you want, but Miguel Cairo, baby. No. Um, and I think the Miguel Cairo experience is probably over too, considering the way this team is folded up and given up. Yeah. I, two and 10 in their last 10. Two and 10 in their last 10. <laughs> or pardon me, two and eight in their last 10. They're probably two and 10 in their last 12, to be honest with you. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. Um, <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> are you trying to lead me into saying I, we should go get Bruce Bochy? <laughs> I know that's who you want. Um, for the love of God, that would be TOR 2.0. Yeah, I hate to tell you that. I look. I mean, there's basically nobody who's done a better job at taking teams that shouldn't be going to the postseason and making them World Series champions. Um, but you know, he was also gifted some pretty amazing performances that he was able to ride the hot hand. You know, like Madison Bumgarner's season in 2014. Holy shit! Improbable. It will never happen again. It will never happen again. What Bruce did was just like, I'm pitching him every fucking day. I don't give a damn. (laughs) Like we are going to win because of Madison Bumgarner where, you know, other, other managers may have been a little bit more trepidatious, trepidatious about like using him over and over and over again. Mad was mad. Bum was dealing. Bruce was like, let's do it. But, and, and like, you know, you have the other performances like Lincecum before that he just like, I'm going to ride Lincecum really hard until we have ourselves a World Series. There's, you know, multiple examples of like Plus people that, would that be he terrible does. with this White Sox team and the amount of injuries that there are right now. Yes. Yes. Um, the, the, the players aren't built the same um, because it's all Max Velo kind of stuff. They're they're not, you know, ma- maximum effort all the time. Kind of a, it makes it so that you can't do this uh with players you can't pitch them back-to-back days because they're taught to go max effort every pitch so that means that they'll blow out anyhow that what i'm trying to build to here is you know as much as i love bruce bochi and nobody did it better than him we should not probably (laughs) yeah um uh i mean talk about old head baseball experience yeah. You're about to bring Bruce Bochy back, who hasn't managed managed a team you since can also, 2019. It's yeah. a terrible idea. I, you can I, also I look begin to tell you how bad of an idea that is. Yes, yeah. and I agree. But you you can also look at the immediate success of the 2021 Giants under Gabe Kapler and say, you know, hey, that was pretty soon after. Bruce Bochy decided he'd move on to greener pastures and Gabe Kapler was able to come in there and really write. Th- Mind you, that hasn't worked out that well this year, but, but they uh, performed out their ass last year. I'll be honest yes. that no, they did. But I mean, again, like if you're looking at Bruce Bochy as like the guy, well, he wasn't able to get those kinds of, it was essentially, it was a very similar roster construction under Bruce Bochy as what Gabe Kapler had. And you can just look like, this is what Gabe got out of him. And this is what Bruce got out of him. Probably shouldn't go for the guy who wasn't able to get the 107 wins out of the same roster. So, right. <laughs> um, so, so who else do you think Tom White Sox should target? A lot of people are looking at Ron Washington. A lot of people are saying that Ron Washington. <laughs> I knew saying his name would make you do that. That is not. We, I hate you. I for had it. to. You're the worst. Um, I know. I. I don't see him on this list, but is Dave Martinez available? Because, um, I think so. The Nationals guy for. Anyway, I I think that he's a good fit. Oh, you know, he's he, still the manager of of Washington, but. Yeah. He's not gonna. Um, he's not out of contract yet. There, there's no way they're keeping him, right? I mean, no way. Look, it, it, it's possible that they keep him. It's possible that they extend him. Whatever. Not but a fucking chance. We're talking about a guy too that has a managerial record now of two ninety six and three forty three. He's um, got a ring, baby. He's got a ring. And he took the route you want to go, baby. And he also he also was able to take a team that was down in the dumps that had nothing going right and took them to the world series. And you also, it, it, it may be a little hypocritical of me because he was just riding Max Scherzer and, and fucking one of the best seasons out of um, flamethrower kid 
Strasburg um, as well. Strasburg and got a resurgent season out of Anibal Sanchez, which what the fuck? That's pa- Patrick Corbin pitched out of his mind too. Yep. So he was just like, you know, he had he had the he best, won the lottery, right? He had the but best also, young hit, he had the best young hitter in all of baseball on his roster. Yes, he did. Still do, he's still one of the best young hitters that, in that all no baseball. one could figure out even at that point. Yeah. Um but but you know, we've got all this talent too. Like we say that and like, you know, you you, you can't be a manager and win without talent you know that that's what dave martinez has in, in the nationals right now the, the the completely talentless team who you know yeah, no, the, a, the last it's, game that it's i a saw a ball club right now it's yes. a triple a ball club with some veterans you know nelson cruz is there um <laughs> speaking He's of guys we should sign right now. <laughs> um but dave martinez pardon me uh 321 383 he's a uh 146% of his games basically tom Less than forty six percent of his games is not great, and he no, had a he had no, a you know a no. Nationals team that was he's he's been with the Nationals for a minute, and they've had some pretty up and down seasons with a lot of talent. You know they did get that ring, but the story that followed them most of the time was, man, this Nationals team they're pretty good. They should be able to take this division, and when when you know, and they were always kind of middling. They got the ring though, so I I don't know, man. I I. I'm a believer in Dave Martinez. I think he he did a good job with that team, and I think that he would be a good fit. That's that's my two cents, mind you. What I'm really looking for is something outside the organization, somebody with experience, and that he checks those two boxes, and he's got a ring. Like you know, he's not a Hall of Fame baseball person either. So I, I don't need a Hall of Fame baseball person. You know, Bruce Bochy would be Tony La Russa 2.0 because he's going to go to the Hall of Fame. He's got three rings, you know, and and that's yeah. just it would be. Impossible you know, man, manager record do. isn't uh, manager record isn't everything, you know. Right. And I guess that's one thing to think about, too. But Coach if you're going to go down, if you're going to go down the path of a team that doesn't have that much talent, but a manager that could benefit from a lot of talent. Um, and a, a strong staff around him because he, he's able to build a nice baseball culture. Mm-hmm. And you want a brand name mm-hmm. because Jerry Reinsdorf loves brand names. Mm-hmm. Don Mattingly. Yeah, he announced his retirement uh, or he announced his leaving the Mar- departure the from the Marlins. So, yeah. I mean, you talk about a team that could really benefit from a, a, a bit more offensive talent. This year, I, mm-hmm. I think of Miami, right? Yeah. I mean, you're talking Sandy about <laughs> exactly. I mean, like you've got pieces on that team that you know are are, are fine, but like we're looking at Don Mattingly here, who was able to you know sneak into the playoffs in 2020. Sneak um, in, he he willed that team to the playoffs. He he really did, honestly. And then two struggling seasons in 21 and 22. I mean, yes, these teams, you know, you got a 95 loss team last year for Miami and probably another 95 loss, 94, 95 loss team this year. I don't see why you wouldn't go with somebody like Mattingly, especially considering the history that Tony has in in his last few experiences here with hiring either a brand name or somebody who was a former player. Um, I don't know. I like I like how you said Tony instead of Rick. Hahn. I'm sorry, Jerry. I meant Jerry. I meant Jerry. They're they're all synonymous to me, right? Like I think that's the thing right now is I have a hard time blaming the players because once again I talked about this the top down, right? I think Jerry does a terrible job of building a w- winning culture on the south side, uh, and it starts with him. Right underneath him is Kenny Williams, and Kenny Williams is is just a yes sir. I mean he he's Jerry. He's got Jerry's got him in his back pocket. Um, Rick, Rick Hahn, just, uh, I'll be honest. He is really good at catching decent sized fish in small ponds, but he can't catch the, yeah. the big fish in the big pond. No. Um, it's, and, it's and, and been uh, proven time right. and again. And then on top of that, he settles for second best and then he ends up with contract. Then, yep. And then he ends up with the, the Craig Kimbrell for, you know, turning the number four overall pick into, AJ Pollock and uh, signing as Monty Grandal. Um, and, and here's the thing too. I, I, 
Grandal, I'm 50-50 on. But the Keiko contract, everybody saw that coming from a mile away. It, with it, his it, right. Sorry, I just keep going back to Han. I, I, no, I know you do. It's just so I want to blame. I want to blame the management and the coaching staff, and you want to blame Rakan. You know, and I in the analytic in the analytics department and the, the, co- the, lacking, and the coaching staff is the gone. lack of an analytics department and and the training staff. I, I that's the thing too. The last couple of years, ever since James Crook um, and and whoever else is with him um, ha- have taken over the train the the training staff. I. The last couple of years, this team has been plagued with injuries. Yep. That department yep. needs to be cleared as well. And may, I, there might be a link here. I don't know who Jerry's going through or or who his, you know. Whatever connection. His feet on the ground on. Are, yeah. are, are are going for. But the Bulls have the same issue. <laughs> they do, actually. What the fuck? That's that's really true. Yeah. You know, they've we've got like some of the best hospitals in this part of the United States. And there's no staff involved that can fucking figure this out. You know, you can't fly in some, some like experts and say like, Hey, our team philosophy gets a lot of people injured. What are we doing wrong here? You know, I mean, it's, it's just, you know, it's head scratching that we're on the outside and we, we can obviously point at stuff and be like, this is an issue. This is an issue. But like, it all seems like stuff you can address with a little staff turnover. And, I'm I hate I don't like I don't like being the person that says hey you know let's fire some people but what you could do instead actually is hire more people supplement what you've already got with some more bodies some more people making more decisions adding a voice you know like it's it's that's what this team needs is more 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 I think coach, they just need more, more accountability, man. I know, I know. You said fair. you don't want to, you don't want to fire people, and you don't want to go there. But I'll be honest: if you're not able to do your job well in in, in this kind of in it's this kind of industry, market yeah. and industry, that's the word I was looking for. Industry, right? If you're yeah. not able to do your job well, and you're not succeeding, and you're not producing, and you're not, there's no results. Mm-hmm. Then you have to be held accountable, and, and accountability, unfortunately, is usually losing your position. And right now, there is zero accountability in this organization. The fact that Leury Garcia got the contract that he did, right? I don't care that he was the longest tenured White Sox, right? You don't throw that money to somebody that's a subpar player. No. And and call it an offseason acquisition. Yeah. Especially in your contention window. That's really funny that they did that. Well, that that and that again, like if we can go back to the cultural issues that this team had, is that like they thought they had everything they needed to win in 2022, except oh, you know the la- the little cherry on top that we need is a utility guy. Well, Leary Garcia is right here. He's one of the best utility guys in the game. Wrong. First of all, not not a good analysis. Second of all. That's not true. You needed a lot. <laughs> you you didn't just need a utility guy. You needed a right fielder. You needed a second baseman, and you needed a starting pitcher. And you got Leary Garcia. <laughs> so Leary like, Garcia, AJ Pollock, Josh Harrison, like Joe. Kelly. I mean, it's here's the thing: if Josh Harrison is your your twenty sixth man on this roster, fan fucking tested. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, why can't he be the fucking utility guy for two million? I mean, you he, paid him five, played, but you, five, but that's whatever. the thing, sorry, right? Sorry. You pay you paid Larry Garcia, and you paid Josh Harrison. You paid for the same fucking player. Yeah, you paid for Kendall Graveman, and you paid for Joe Kelly. You paid, you paid for, the for the same, same. fucking guy. <laughs> yeah, twice. Yep. Instead of applying that money elsewhere, that's what that's the most frustrating part. There's a ton. Of, there's a ton of redundancies in this roster. You know, you've got Gavin Sheets and Andrew Vaughn. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you've got fucking Adam Angle and JJ Pollock. I mean, I know they're they're very different, but they're they're, they're different. They're, they're that's both the reason why you got rid of Billy Ham- Hamilton, at least. Right? Yeah. The same yeah. I, the same idea needs to apply, right? AJ Pollock go sign Josh Harrison, then and if that was in your mind, if this guy pops mm-hmm. up, oh yeah, he might be a good addition. Then, then don't invest in layer like that. Just mm-hmm. think, 
think you've already mm-hmm. pu- pumped so much money into your bullpen, which There's you no, already know no. is volatile. You already mm-hmm. know bullpens are volatile, and you already know adding hot bullpen pieces instead of bullpen pieces at the beginning of the year is a better idea. Mm-hmm. Why do it? Why do it? So well, they have, they have more capital to add in the middle of the year. They used Reese McGuire exactly. to, get, to get fucking Jake Diekman, you know. Um, Who was god-awful. Yeah, not great. He had like two good outings. When a guy's <laughs> when a guy is ERA is like 450 mm-hmm. coming onto your ball club and mm-hmm. the FIP is worse, I know you're not a big independent pitching stat guy. Building independent pitching doesn't exist. However, so why do we have a stat for it? Well, Just you know why? Things. Because because it's good for predicting how a guy's going to do in the future. And it's we'll good for predicting he fucking strikeouts, walks and home runs. So all right, as we wrap this episode up, Tom, and talking about the 22 season, the 2022 season, mm-hmm. and, and its god-awfulness, would you like to have any closing thoughts to this eulogy that is this season? I, um, well, thank you all for coming here today um, to lay to rest the 2022 White Sox. Uh, it has been our pleasure in telling you how terrible this team is all year long. Um, and I'm sorry if we had anything to do with getting your hopes up at any point. Um, but with every death, there is new life, right? There, there, we are going to now see what comes of the burning down of the 2022 season. There will be, you know, some level of, of accountability, whether or not that is enough accountability is going to be yet to be seen. That'll be what we kind of analyze the rest of this off season. But you can have hope in the fact that there will be some accountability and there will be changes to this ball club that we that we probably have wanted for a long time, but they're, they're going to come. They're finally going to come. Lay your hat on that. Trust that this team can and should be a better team next year and go watch some postseason baseball. I'm really excited about watching postseason baseball and seeing the Guardians get surreptitiously eliminated from playoffs immediately. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. All you have to do is make the postseason to make some magic happen. So I'm not going to write off Cleveland. They got They're a chip on playing, their shoulder. They're going to be playing, playing the Mariners. Hotter. The Mariners are playing they hotter. Are, they are. You're, well, the Mariners, I don't know if they're playing hotter, but they're playing well as, uh, in addition to that. Mm-hmm. Now, they, they've got some shit to play that's for. That's all. Too. I'll start there. That's all you needed to think about in April, right? All you needed to think about is let's put ourselves in a position to talk about October. Don't start mm-hmm. talking about October. Mm-hmm. Put yourselves in a position to talk about October. And the mm-hmm. White Sox were never in that driver's seat mm-hmm. except for when they started off the year four and two. Yep. That's it. That's, and they immediately that's the started resting, point. guys. Yep. The only point of the season where you could talk like that or or, or be, be in the conversation about let's get ourselves, let's, let's keep winning ballgames. It was never consistent. Guys, there are guys on this team that need to figure it out in the offseason bad. Don't get me wrong. I want Yoan Moncada to put in the hardest offseason that he's ever had when it comes to strength, when it comes to conditioning, when it comes to his swing, when it comes to his plate approach. I want Yasmani Grandal to get as healthy as possible, and I need him to figure out why he's swinging a wet pool noodle up at the fucking plate. Mm-hmm. I need Tim Anderson to come back and be healthy and just continue to be the best player he can possibly be at the plate and continue to improve. He's only got to get better. I need Luis to do the same exact thing. Get healthy, improve the plate approach, go out there and start swinging. Swinging for the fences, to be honest with you. That's what I want out of Luis. Eloy, I'm going to wrap him in bubble wrap. <laughs> Keep him on the shelf. <laughs> and this pitching staff continue to get strength, get get strong over the offseason. I I hope that get is strong just... is what Giolito did. So maybe get loose. No, no, he put on dad bod weight. I 
I think call me a fat shamer, baby. You are a fat shamer. You are a fat shamer. Second of all, he put on twenty pounds of muscle. My ass. Look, finally. Okay. Finally, this is my final thought. Might as well keep shooting. Clear the fucking house. Yes. Clear the coaching staff. Get rid of this god awful GM. Do not replace him with Chris Getz because (laughs) he has been terrible at his job too. Figure out how you're going to supplement your analytics department. Kenny needs to start making some more offhanded comments and, and make some and shake some things up because we all know Jerry ain't changing. Yeah. Jerry's not going anywhere. The The team as it's currently constructed, isn't going anywhere. So though I want him to sell the team to a Rob, <laughs> that's it. That's all I got to say. 2022 season in a wrap fucking shit show yeah yeah happy to have watched it with you guys um <laughs> but i i think you kind of like touched on something right there at the end is that you know this jerry's not going anywhere nope. a lot of these guys you know kenny's probably not going anywhere probably we'll see right but the team as it's currently constructed isn't going anywhere either a lot of these guys are under contract yep so what are the changes that you can make you can change the manager and the coaching staff you can you know implement a new philosophy and make a couple of fringe signings on, on on the off season do you is that enough do you think that that would be enough to potentially make this team playoff caliber again you just gotta put the right pieces in and it's not more fucking bullpen arms. <laughs> so it is yet to be seen. But I, uh, I, I have confidence that this off season is going to be a good one. I, I want what I really want to see is this. I want this manager put in, like a new manager put in, like the, the day after the World Series. I want the new manager to be in charge of the ball club. That's what I want because what that means is they can implement their philosophy throughout the entirety of the offseason. Get the whole offseason to let these players buy into this new manager. Do not, do not get a manager four days before spring training. You're going to be behind the ball at that point. There's no way. Set the new culture as soon as possible. You know why? Because in Han, I don't trust. Shake up the culture of this team. We absolutely must. There we go. Have a good one, everybody. Fuck this 2022 season. Bye.